I have always called Come Pray With Me the coffee talk of spiritual programming. And on this episode, I put my money where my mouth is, with the ladies of one of my favorite podcasts, Coffee and Catholics. Coffee and Catholics is run by a group of women who became friends while on a retreat, and they discuss women in Catholicism and the various roles they have played. They're also not afraid to discuss more controversial topics, such as their recent Catholic social justice teaching episodes. Today, we will learn more about how the show came to be and what it means to be a Catholic woman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you. you. So my first question is, how long have you had this podcast and what inspired you all to create it? Um, Well, Coffee and Catholics has been running for just over a year. Our first episode ran in August of 2020. Um, What inspired it was um, I was reading the book, my badass book of saints during a lockdown. (laughs) Yes, I uh, love that one. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I was just reading that during lockdown because it was right after um, everything shut down. I guess here it was around March. And um, in the middle of me reading it, this idea just kind of for this podcast kind of came to me and um, God kind of put four other women's names on my heart. And I was kind of like, are you sure? I don't know them very well. Cause um, really like no, Lauren, I met at a retreat that she was, had, had presented, but that's really the extent I had met her at that point was her presenting at um, a retreat. And I knew Alicia pretty well. Um, she had um, watched my kids and things. And so she's probably the one I knew the best. And Annie, I knew from college, but um, she was through through mutual friends. It wasn't like we were really close. And then Noelle had just moved here and for a job. And I had kind of started doing a couple of play dates with her. Um, she's since kind of backed away from the recording part with us, um, but she's still a real vital part of our prayer circle and um, kind of. She kind of consults with us and networks yeah. with us and stays connected to us in different ways. Her work schedule just got just too crazy mm-hmm. to be able to do it. So um, I was kind of like, are you sure these four? Because I have other friends that are closer with their Catholic and um, this voice and, you know, and, internally just said, I asked you these four. And so I Facebook messaged them because, you know, we're all in lockdown and said, Mm -hmm. hey, I have an idea. Would you guys be interested in doing this with me? And um, I mean, there was a couple of questions, but for the most part, everybody kind of just said yes right away. And um, we started doing some Zoom meetings together and the rest is history. Where we are are now, I guess. (laughs) That's so cool. It's amazing how things fall into place like that. So a lot of your episodes cover uh, Catholic social justice teachings. Could you tell me what these are about and what social justice means to you all as Catholics? Well, um, several of our most recent ones, we decided to kind of do a little series um, looking at certain um, issues in society right now but through the lens of Catholic social teaching, because 
um, Catholic social teaching teaches us to yes. respect others. Yeah, it's basically the whole the whole idea of social, Catholic social justice teachings is to uphold the dignity of the human person within society as a whole. And so um, and that can be, it doesn't really necessarily say that there are specific ways that you have to implement um, that respect, but um, it just kind of talks as in general terms kind of and, and whatnot. And I think really what that means to us as Catholics is just, I don't know, ways to show our ways to show like Christ's love to other people within society. It's almost, it's kind of also like um, the way that the church practically applies the teachings of Jesus and the gospel to its interactions with the humans on this earth, to our interactions with each other, sort of a template on the way that we are supposed to see um, the events of the world and current events and in history, and also the way we're supposed to see each other within those. So it's, the church's way of applying the gospel to the way we interact with the world and each other. That's incredible. I think that's really interesting. There's always new perspectives we can have on the gospel to fit our own lives, despite, you know, however long ago they may have been written and in your anniversary special you reflect upon many of the things you learned while you were making your podcast but out of all of these different things what stands out to you all the most and why i really personally um it hasn't been so much um the things that i've learned but the inner so again like i said these women's Names were on my heart. I don't know why, because I didn't know all of them very well, but I've come to learn, like, I guess, learn so much from them. And um, it was a support system I didn't know I needed, if that makes any sense. And so I've grown it through my faith because of their example. And we always talk to, before we flesh out episodes, before we record, we always bring things to the table and sort of brain dump together and come up with, you know, what are the things that are on our hearts? What are the things that are on the hearts of people? Because from the beginning, we wanted our podcast to really address the things that were on the hearts of actual Catholic women or whoever was listening, things that were happening in the world or happening in our lives. That, and maybe even some of the stuff that we are uncomfortable talking about, things that nobody else is talking about. We truly believe that the church and Christ himself is the answer for all of these things. And so as we fleshed all of this out, we really learned that a deeper sense of what community means as we began to grow in friendship and depend on each other, but also learning how to kind of enter into our own suffering. Like as we became closer friends, we began to sort of enter each other's lives in a beautiful way that taught us more about what it means to bear the burdens of other people and what that looks like as a Christian and as a human in the world. And it seems like in almost every episode, we're always circling back to this one theme that we belong to one another and that we're supposed to care for one another. And I think that's what I've learned the most. Yeah, I think for me, like this was an answer to prayer because I longed so much for a group of people in my life to share my faith with and for them to share that with me and to be able to have that dialogue. 
And so it came, it was a very timely kind of um, request of Stacy. And so, and I remember the first time that we got together and, you know, we recorded and I was just, I was pumped. And I left here and I was just like dancing in the car and like, thank you, God, and like having a good time with it. But I think, yeah, the community has been the thing for me too that has really just stood out the most. And uh, just, yeah, just and as well, Stacy, just getting to learn from everybody because it has been a wonderful um, kind of tool for deepening my faith as well. That's really amazing. That's so sweet how you all met and became friends and grew together and now you have your own podcast that's such a cool story <laughs> so what are some of the different roles that women have played in catholicism throughout its history oh there's so many <laughs> well from the onset we have um the Virgin Mary, our Blessed Mother, who really kind of kicked all this off for us <laughs> by saying yes to God. And she, you know, above all, is our model of what it means to have a, a trust um, in the Lord and in his love and to be willing to say yes to things, even if it looks scary or hard, or even if we don't have all the um, information right away <laughs> about how these things are going to play out. And then down through the ages, all of the, the, the female heroes of the Bible and heroes of the faith and the female saints have in their own way imitated Mary and shown different facets of what it looks like to surrender to God. And so really, I, I mean, we could talk for several podcasts about the, the female <laughs> saints. Um, there's some, you know, that are all the way from women who are out, who stand out in history and not just in Catholic circles, but in historical circles, Joan of Arc, mm -hmm. Catherine of Siena, um, even, you know, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, people like that who the world recognizes, but there's so many more mm -hmm. that have played parts as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, and some of them, like, you know, Lauren is saying, they each had their different roles. Like there are some that are good examples because of the way they serve their family. And then there's others mm -hmm. like Joan of Arc who served a, a whole country, brought a whole country you know, out um, back to, you know, their independence. And, um, you know, and then there's saints that, you know, Catherine Siena who will go to a Pope and be very stubborn and say Chester what she believes <laughs> and, and tell him that he's wrong. And uh, it's, they all had their own strengths that we can, um, take example from. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's the thing that I thought of that that strength is like with women throughout Catholic history is just they show what it means to be a strong, faithful woman. And um, I know just growing up, um, I'm a convert to Catholicism from agnosticism and just seeing women of faith and thinking of them as though we're like weak and subservient and they get stepped on and they allow it and all this stuff. But then you look at women throughout history and they're you know, they all have made their, their areas of weakness because they're human, but then they had their areas of incredible strength. Mm -hmm. And it just, for me, it like, it shows me how, how all of us are called to be saints and how we can all do absolutely extraordinary things um, through that. That's very true. And that ties into my Next question, which is that All Saints Day just ended recently, and what does this holiday 
mean to Catholics? It's um, the holiday that we remember. So we believe that anybody who is in heaven is a saint. So there are saints that are canonized here um, on earth that the church has recognized as good examples for us to follow. But anybody, we believe that anybody who makes it to heaven has become a saint. And so um, on All Saints Day, we recognize all the saints, even the ones we recognize and those that we don't know about yet yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it and this all saints day is also again it's a, a a day to not only recognize the saints and ask for their intercession but then to also um just remind ourselves that you know a lot of these saints they did extraordinary things miraculous things god worked through them and sometimes it can be a little daunting and like you know well, how could i possibly be used like that because i'm just little old me but, um, you know, really, again, we're all called to be saints. And so we can all, in our own way, do just something amazing in the world, whatever it is, good or, or big or small, that God calls us to do. And um, you just, just shoot for that sainthood. One of the things that's distinctive about Catholicism in the realm of Christendom, where we have all these different denominations and, you know, um, iterations of Christ followers one of the things that makes us distinct is that we actually believe in something we call the communion of the saints, which means that we believe that these saints that are in heaven truly want to and do pray for us and interact with us if we will allow them to be involved in their lives and ask them to pray for us. We believe that there's an actual bond that exists between us and this where we call the church militant and them whom we call the church triumphant. They pray with us, they pray for us, they become friends with us, and not in a weird spooky way, but in a in a way of, you know, asking for them to pray for us, like you would ask for a friend to pray for you if you're going through something. It's really um, not some sort of weird taboo thing that Catholics do when they pray to saints. We don't worship saints. Um, they're our friends, and we relate to them, and um, they are part of our lives, and we want more and more to rely on them and to imitate them. And All Saints Day is sort of that liturgical feast that, you know, says to the world, hey, the community of saints is a real thing. So and that we're all called to. Yeah. And I think it would be kind of a miss to mention All Saints Day without mentioning All Souls Day, because then there are the souls that as Catholics, we don't believe have made it to heaven yet. They're on their journey still. And um, we call that purg- in purgatory. Because we believe for you to enter heaven, your soul has to be fully clean. And so purgatory is just that time where you're on your way to heaven, but your soul, maybe you still have some sin on your soul that needs to be clean. And so this whole month of November is actually... Um, we remember the dead as as the whole. So we have All Saints Day, and the next day we have All Souls Day. So we remember everybody who's passed away, all of our ancestors, and we pray for them. So if they are in purgatory, because we don't know, that they are, can have less time there and make it to heaven a little bit faster through our prayers for them. So So this is kind of a weird question, but I've actually heard of people describing purgatory as soul rehab. (laughs) 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 Yeah, our understanding, I mean, it kind of, yes, it kind of is. Um, One of the things that the saints encourage us to do um, while we're here on earth is to work through our stuff. 
and, you know, get as close to God as we can and depend on him as much as we can so that we can be as ready to go as we possibly can be when that day comes, since none of us know when our day to leave this earth will be. And so in a way, we can choose purgatory here by not holding back anything from God. But what happens with most of us is that we don't get to that point in our life sometimes. And we do have things that are unresolved or that need to be worked through or cleansed or um, processed through with by the love of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit. And purgatory is that it's not, sometimes you call it a place, but I don't really think it's really a place. Yeah. It's more of a way of, it's, it's, a, it's an existence, a, a part of your being. It's a place as a, a part of your journey. Mm-hmm. So that's purgatory is, yeah, like you said, where you go to really deal with your stuff. Finally, if you didn't get to deal with it on earth, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a place of hope. It's also a place of suffering. Um, hope in, in, in the sense that if you get there, you're on your way to heaven and you're guaranteed to get there. Um, suffering in the sense that you don't have the comforts that you had on this earth to help you as you process through your stuff. Um, and you're kind of forced to face your stuff. You really there. have to face it's, it. If you, if you ignore it here, you have yeah. to face it there. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, you said, it's a great way to say it. It's kind of like soul rehab because you really got to deal with your stuff there. You're at the end of the line there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes things clearer. So what saints have influenced your life and your faith the most and why? I would say for me, it would probably be St. Mother Teresa. Um, at Saints, I, I converted to Catholicism about 10 years ago. And previous to really starting this podcast, and hearing um, devotions to saints, especially from Lauren. Um, I didn't really give saints much of a thought at all. And, you know, she had mentioned how, you know, the, the saints, because they lived such incredibly holy lives, and they're just such a wonderful example of how to love God and let him love you, that they you start learning about the saints and it can really change your life. And I took that and, you know, kind of just let it fall by the wayside for a bit, but eventually um, Mother Teresa was one that she just kind of kept popping up over and over again. And for me and my faith, like the things that just keep on nagging and keep on coming back and poking me over and over again, those are the things I've learned that I need to pay attention to. And she just kept doing that. And um, yeah, I think she just, she came at in a, in a time in my life when I didn't know that I really needed, um, needed that because I didn't, I knew that I, I wanted this community, but I didn't know how full and deep and rich that community really was until she came into my life. And um, I was reading a book of hers. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, she just spoke so beautifully of her love of God and just how humble she was. There were some things that she said, I'm like, thinking at first, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're, you're being mean to yourself. But like, (laughs) as I grew deeper into her, um, and just learning more about her and her faith in God and everything. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. She just recognized who she was um, before God and really truly loved him and knew that she, like he loved her. And it really taught me to grow in that a lot more. Um, since I was little, I've had sort of a devotion to Mary and she's the queen of saints, but if we're going to, um, I guess, Joan of Arc is my baptismal saint, and I always really looked up to her 
for her strength and you know people are telling her she's crazy and she's like no and she stood up for what she believed in and she did great things um unfortunately she was betrayed and but she's even even then she stood up and uh didn't back down in in her beliefs even when they were trying to get her to confess she was a witch and stuff like that instead and but then um later on in life um after I became a mother, um, St. Therese of Lisieux has really been really, um, I didn't know much about her until about that time, actually. And just, she teaches about serving God and others through small acts of kindness and love. And um, so, you know, we talked about how these saints do, you know, we hear about Padre Pio, who could bilocate and all these other, like, you know, and there's another, you know, Philip Neri would levitate because he was so happy to be mm-hmm. so in love with Jesus. But like St. Therese, she just did small acts. Like she, you know, and just reminding us again that we can be saints by doing small things as long as we're doing them through love, um, through, you know, trying to be Christ to others. And we don't have to be doing huge things. Um, because I think when I became a mother, beforehand I did a lot of stuff a lot of I got involved in a lot of things and I was very active in that way but being a mom I can't do as much of that just because it takes away from time with my family but I can still do you know we, you know small things we have our podcasts and I can do you know teach my children and things like that there's so she's become a really big one in the past couple of years I would say for me I've always been drawn to um, the contemplative and specifically Carmelite saints, um, St. John of the Cross, uh, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, and more recently, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, um, St. Edith Stein, who is also known as uh, Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. All of these are Carmelite contemplative saints. In fact, all of the saints that we've mentioned um, that are meaningful to us are all considered saints who have excelled in the area of prayer and and the contemplative life. Um, And I think as mothers, I think that is probably the key is that they are able to, the contemplative saints are able to show us how to sanctify time in a way that maybe isn't as focused on in some of the other saints' stories. Um, Although there is no becoming a saint without being a contemplative, but, but they're, the way that Mother Teresa is able to show us how every little thing matters to God and how it doesn't matter what anybody says about you. It doesn't even matter what you say about you. It's what God sees in you that matters the most. At some point in all of our lives, we're going to have to come to that crossroads where we decide, do I believe what God says about me? Do I believe this? Or do I believe all these other voices in my head and all these other people that define me by externals? And I think that's what all of these saints that we mentioned have done is to show us how to do that, how to stand right where we are in our little life and transcend it and transform it into something that is worthy of heaven. And only God can do that. And so, I mean, I can't speak for them, but I know for me, that's why I'm so drawn to those particular saints, because they kind of help me enter into where I am in this simple life that I have. I have to say, I think that's all really beautiful. And I loved hearing all of your different stories of what saint meant the most 
to each of you and the different ways they've impacted you in your journeys on your faith. And uh, my next question is, what are some of the different ways that Catholics use prayer in their faith? Oh goodness, there's so many different prayers. <laughs> I mean, I think as a general rule in terms of how we use it um, is really just to grow deeper into the heart of Christ. We use it um, like air. Yeah, like it is, and that's it's how what, we survive. Yeah, it's gotta be like, cause you know, Christ told us to pray always. And that means not only, you know, having those moments in, in your day where you sit down and you just have time with God, reading scripture or just meditating on the life of Christ or, you know, picking up your rosary or, you know, just having personal prayer time, but also turning everyday activities into a prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when I'm at home and I'm washing the dishes and, you know, I can put my phone away and not listen to a, a, a podcast or a, watch a movie or something like that and just say, God, I offer this time up as a prayer to you for the soul of souls of my children or my husband or these people that I'm specifically thinking about, um, you know, this is a prayer for them. Um, that's one thing that I absolutely love learning. Um, I learned it fairly recently to start doing that. And yeah, I absolutely love doing it. Actually, I think the first time I learned it was from you, Lauren, in your gathering, the, Nana. Um, the Merciful Mama. The Merciful retreat. Mama. Yeah, we went to the Merciful Mama retreat and Lauren, that's what I first uh, saw Lauren. And she, she talked about that, about using just everyday things as a prayer. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, like Lauren said, it's kind of like breathing. Because mm -hmm. I mean, even like with my kids, like if we're in the car, we pray as soon as we get on the road, we will say a prayer. If we hear sirens, usually say a Hail Mary. And then we pray for the first responder and people that are going to help. And, um, and really, I, I feel like, you know, that's probably just, just that it's constant. And, you know, like Alicia's doing something that when my kids don't do their chore, and I'm a little frustrated with them and because I'm doing their chore for them <laughs> because it needs to get done after they've gone to bed. And um, I offer that up because it's, you know, something I don't want to do. So in a way, it's like a little suffering yep, for somebody else's intentions and, um, I find that I'm not as frustrated if I do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just yeah. constantly refocusing per day. Yeah, I think um, the Catholic position with prayer, we, we you know we spend an entire section of our catechism talking only about prayer. Like there's all this stuff and then just prayer. We're just going to talk <laughs> just about prayer. It's that important. We're going to give it a whole section. Um, because the cat, I mean, our position as, um, if, if you believe what we believe at the worldview is that the reflexive state of the soul is prayer. The soul itself prays naturally all the time. Even people who don't believe in God have their own way of praying. Their soul cries out to something bigger than itself. Um, that's just the way the human soul is. And so our belief gives us a, a way to use the way that God naturally designed our soul to reconnect back with him. In fact, that is how we reconnect back with God, how we sort of travel back to Eden, if you will, um, and return to that unified state with him. 
Um, actually, C.S. Lewis, and I have to share this quote because it's so beautiful, and I think it just sums up exactly what we're saying here is, I pray because the need flows all the time. It does not change God, it changes me. And that's kind of basically why we do it, because for each of us, we've grown to know this God who we love and say that we serve in an intimate way and in a way that's personal in our lives. And he's become this dear, dear being for us, this, this, for the being whom we came and to whom we want to return. And so it is very personal for us to be able to reconnect back with him. And that's what Catholic prayer is all about, is traveling back to Eden, if you will, to that state of unity with God. Well, and I will say one last thing, to, um, you kind of touched on it, is like that when we pray as, uh, as a response to God always calling us. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like in those times when I'm lonely and, you know, I'm just, I'm, my, my heart's kind of heavy and I start to pray. Like, I remember that, like, I'm actually not so lonely after all, because God was calling me that mm -hmm. entire time. He wanted me that entire time. And so it's prayer is a comfort and it's a, it's a beautiful sacrifice because even, you know, Stacey kind of touched on this as well that um you know i've when people suffer when you're sick or you're grieving the loss of someone or whatever you can offer that suffering up as a prayer and so there's just so many different forms of praying and it's yeah like lauren said it's just it's um, coming back to christ and he opens up a lot of opportunity when we rest in him too right mm. I know even just in our group, I don't know how many times one of us have just felt compelled to share something with the group. And then somebody else goes, I need to hear that right mm -hmm. now. All the time. That and all the time. Um, so we, we feel that prayer also connects us as a community because yes. mm -hmm. we are the body of Christ. And so prayer helps us connect with each other and with God. Yeah, because our face lies there. Absolutely. Do you have any prayers you would like to share with us today? We had, um, so one of the things, uh, a lot of times it's, yeah, we're planners. <laughs> and so, um, the things that I've kind of held on to the whole time, um, is that this whole podcast has been a Holy Spirit driven thing. I mean, from the names that, um, or put onto my heart when I when the idea came to me, to the topics that we discuss, to us even talking about the topics, and so since we um, feel that the Holy Spirit is such a big player in this, we thought we would share the uh, prayer to the Holy Spirit with you um, all. Um, so, and as Catholics, we always start with the sign of the cross. So, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, Father and Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
with me. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about on the show today? I don't think so. Well, we, we uh, really appreciate yes. you getting in touch with us. Um, if you're ever in Oklahoma City, look us up. We'd love to have dinner and <laughs> oh, thank have you. things going with your I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You can listen to Coffee and Catholics on Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast. One of the books we discussed in this episode is My Badass Book of Saints by Maria Morera Johnson and can be found on Amazon and eBay. I also found the books Divine Mercy and My Soul, The Diary of St. Faustina, The King's Prey, St. Dipna of Ireland by Susan Peake, and Saints by Jean Luen Yang helpful in my journey in learning about the various roles women have historically played in Catholicism.